Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lisa H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today's Wednesday, May 24th, 2023, and this is a 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we're reading from the big book, and we're in the chapter into action on page 83. We'll be reading and commenting on the third paragraph that begins, There May Be Some Wrongs, and ends, We Don't Crawl Before Anyone. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Davlin E., the 12 traditions, Joni C., readers of the text, Ramona A., Vanessa G., and Katie G., our newcomer greeter is Anne Marie M, and our second hour host is Christine G. The share IDs for yesterday, Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,284. That's 20284. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, it's 20,285. That's 20285. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is, that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Davilyn E. to please read the 12 steps. Davilyn, star one. Good morning, Lisa. Sorry, took me a minute to check in there. This is Davilyn E. from uh, gratefully and joyfully recovered in Canada. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us 
and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Davlin E. And I will now ask Joni C. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Joni C., gratefully recovered but not cured in Minnesota. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Joni C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in the chapter into action on page 83. We'll be reading and commenting on the third paragraph. There may be some wrongs and ends in we don't crawl before anyone. And I'll ask Ramona A. to please get us started. Good morning, everyone. This is Ramona A. in Vermont, and 
recovered compulsive overeater. There may be some wrongs we can never fully right. We don't worry about them if we can honestly say to ourselves that we would right them if we could. Some people cannot be seen. We send them an honest letter. And there may be a valid reason for postponement in some cases, but we don't delay if it can be avoided. We should be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scraping. As God's people, we stand on our feet. We don't crawl before anyone. And that seems to be a tall order. But I'll tell you, I've had experiences in a lot, you know, a lot of places in that paragraph. And say the wrongs that we cannot fully right. I remember my father, um, I was angry at him for the longest time and different things that, that happened and whatever. And it wasn't until I really got in recovery that I began to understand that some of this was my part. And, you know, and I had to look at my part. And by that time, though, my father had passed away. So I had to write a letter and I went to his gravesite and I read that and I felt like I was in communication with my father at that point in time. And I said, this is my part, you know, and it wasn't small. You know. So I had another one that um, it said we, we, um, we don't delay if, we, if it can be avoided. Well, some that we, you know, may be a valid reason for postponement. There was a man that I had known actually from school when I was young, and it came to me that there was just some reason I really needed to contact that person and, and make an amends. And I happened he happened to still live in my same town, so I knew I should get a hold of him. But I really felt embarrassed, and I waited, and I said, I put together what I'd say for an amends, and then I'm too busy. Finally, I made the phone call one night to to set up a meeting, a time when I could go and visit him. And I didn't get any answer, and I found out a few days later that he had passed away that day. So I was no longer able to make that amends in person. And what I had to do was, you know, I looked at what was in his obituary of where you could donate some money, et cetera. But I, I felt bad that, that um, you know, I hadn't wanted to make that when it was possible to make it in person. So that there are different different things there that um, that happened happened in my making of amends. But the last part I really like too, we need we need to be considerate and humble, tactful, sensible. I said I tried to keep the amends honest and simple for me and on my side of the street. Because being honest and clear was a challenge for me. I didn't want to diminish, and I didn't want to exaggerate. So that was, with my sponsor's help, I was able to come to that point. And what it's given me is freedom. Every time I've done the ninth step, made amends to anyone, I have freedom. Freedom to not be afraid and freedom to have the humility to accept my own humanity. Time. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ramona A., for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. So if you've shared on any of the vision meetings on Monday or Tuesday, 
We ask you to hold back. And who would like to share on what was read? Lisa M. Julie M. Minnesota. Lisa M. Julie M. Alice W. Larry K. Jen A. W. Jen A. Anybody else? Alice W. I got Alice. Laurel B. Laurel. Jim S. Jim S. Okay, let's stop there. I have Lisa M., Julie M., Larry K., Alice W., Jen A., Laurel B., and Jim S. So, Lisa M., you're up, followed by Julie M. Good morning. Thank you, moderator, for your service. It's Ann with uh, Nancy, and I'm in Wisconsin. Thank you. Sure. Um, So, I wrote my mother a little letter. Uh, She's deceased. And I wrote her a letter because I realized that we'd been estranged a long time, and uh, I've, you know, ch- time changes things for me anyway. And uh, I wrote her a letter, and I threw it out the other day. And I went out to get the cans to bring them in, and it was laying on the driveway. And <laughs> thought that was strange. So um, I picked it up, and I'm going to read part of it to you because um, she's. I wrote a book, and um, it wasn't Mommy Dearest exactly, but there were things in it that she had done. And um, they had hurt me, and I, I wanted to, people to know uh, I was vindictive. And um, so, anyway, um, I'm going to read some of it so that she has, so the universe knows she did good things too. So um, I said, um, I hope she was enjoying heaven. Blah blah blah. Sorry that I didn't accept her, but then I said, um, I actually, it actually helped me to see you know, what she had done by not getting mental health uh, help and how it scares loved ones away. So she did good things for me, too. She taught me to be polite. She gave me music lessons, college education, a home to live in. She bought my car insurance while I was, uh, until I got married. Um, she, uh, she knew I didn't do a good job with my finances, so she helped me pay for that. Um, and maybe that was God. Right? I don't know. She helped me with my kids when they were little um, so I could go get my hair done or go to a dental appointment. And she bought me clothes after I had my kids because I was so heavy. I didn't have any clothes and I didn't have the ability to go shopping. I was too busy. So I said, um, you didn't have a mother to help you, Mom, but I did. And you did your best. And I truly forgive you. I hope you forgive me. And um I feel like um, just so people knew she did good things for me. You know, in every bad person's a little good and every good person's a little bad. So thanks for listening. I hope you guys all have a great day. Thank you, Lisa N. And I think it's Julie M. You're up, followed by Larry K. Good morning, everybody. This is Julie M. from Minneapolis, a compulsive overeater. I think that one of the most powerful lines in the big book for me is as God's people, we stand on our feet. We don't crawl before anyone. When I was actively living in my addiction, I, I wasn't standing on my feet. I was crawling on my belly. I was mirrored in dishonesty and in guilt and grief and misery and shame. And 
I was alone. I, I, that was in my head, of course. I thought I was alone. But that is no longer. I am, I am in my spiritual life here. My spiritual life is not a theory. I'm living it. I am standing upright. I am off my belly. I am off the ground. I am not standing alone. I am standing with God and my higher power. And within that, standing with my higher power, I have the strength to stand tall and loud and proud for myself. I'm standing in honesty. I'm dealing with the shame and the guilt. And I'm able to look people in the eye and I'm able to claim my part and I'm able to move forward and not live in this constant, repetitive, broken record of misery and resentment and shame and guilt and anger and vengeance and all of that baloney that goes on with this. That's why I'm making these amends, right, so that I can move on, so that I can stand even taller and louder and prouder than I just was. So, um, again... It doesn't mean I'm boastful. It doesn't mean I've got an ego shining here. It just means that finally I am not alone and I can stand up and my voice is worth being counted and I am a worthy person. I am worthy of being heard and I am worthy of forgiving myself and moving forward. With that, I pass. Thank you, Julie M. And Larry K., you're up, followed by Alice W. Good morning. Good morning. Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader, calling from Chicago. So, um, you know, so, somehow, and I understand where it says there may be some wrongs we can never fully right, and I, and I was discussing this with someone this morning, that you know, oftentimes, um, as the, the person first shared about, you know, the, perhaps that's someone who's passed on. But how about someone who hasn't passed on and you, you know, you've, you've made the amends. Um, they just, uh, they haven't accepted them perhaps. Maybe their demeanor, they allow you to make the amends. So I think sometimes there's a myth that making amends in doing so, it's like imperative that we need to receive forgiveness or somehow achieve reconciliation with that person. And, and if this was a requirement then ultimately having, you know, to have a spiritual awakening, I think a lot of us are in trouble, right? Because step nine is really about me stepping out of my shame and ego and acknowledging that I've done wrong, that my addiction, my addiction, my addictive behaviors has affected more than just me. And my choices have negatively impacted people that I oftentimes that I love. So, um, so for me, you know, uh, you know, I can I can make amends, but you know, how can I still heal if the offended person doesn't acknowledge or accept my petition for forgiveness? And that's okay in in understanding and accepting, you know, how my healing comes about is through my relationship with God. It is an internal thing; it's not external. I can remember more than one occasion uh, making amends. I remember one time in particular, I needed to right that wrong as best I could. And that person, either they still smarted from the injustice that I did, the harm that I did, um, or, you know, they were sort of, <laughs> they're human. Maybe they were judging my sincerity in making the amends. Who knows? 
but I'm wrapping up here. But but the thing is, it's not about reconciliation, forgiveness. It's it, those things can happen, but it's really more about getting right with God, correcting the harm I've done, and so that I can go on. God will do the healing and the changing. So with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry K. And Alice W., you're up, followed by Jen A. Alice, press star one. We can't hear you. Okay. Um, Jen A., are you available? And I'll circle back around to Alice W. Yep, I'm right here. Thank you. <laughs> Good morning. This is you're so welcome. This is Jen A. Recovered here in Colorado today. Um, wow, on page 81. Um, but we don't delay if it can be avoided. We should be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scrapey. Um, but there is a valid reason for postponement in some cases, and it tells me how I'm going to show up for the amends process. It gives me those exact words, right? But it also tells me that there is a valid reason if I should postpone. Um, and I'll just share a postponement on the line um, if it's of help to somebody today because um, I didn't know what to do. You know, I had been in a relationship um, with somebody uh, for quite a long time, and uh, we broke up. And, um, you know, then uh, a few months later, we got back together. Everything was going good. And then we broke up again. And, uh, you know, then I went through this 12-step program of recovery, and I, I did my inventory, and I shared it with my sponsor, and I wrote uh, their name on the list that I needed to amend my behavior, how I had treated them, how I had spoke to them, and what I had done to them. And yet uh, my sponsor and I both looked at each other and said, this isn't a safe situation. And it wasn't that I was going to be physically harmed or injured. It was that I was going to physically harm or injure the other person um, because we have had such an amazing relationship. And, and, and really, we, we truly did love each other. And the hard part was is that, um, you know, if I had gone back to him at that time and, and done that, he would have thought, oh, she wants to reconcile with me. You know, that, that was what my sponsor and I really thought because that was the pattern of behavior that I did, you know. I reconciled and we got back together and then it wasn't good and, and, and that's just how, how it went. So I took a pause on that one. I took a pause for five years. I'm not going to lie. And five years later, doing the amends process, um, uh, again, through another 12-step inventory, uh, you know, I drove into my garage one night and I saw a bike rack sitting there and that belonged to the gentleman that I dated. And it was like that bike rack had been sitting there for five years, but I never saw it. But God looked at me and said, now's the time to return the property that you kept and to make amends. And I reached out to him and I called him and this was, um, you know, uh, after the pandemic, uh, you know, was in full swing and I had to find a place to meet. It was January. It was freezing cold out. And he did agree to me, did agree to meet me. And I sat down across the table with him, um, you know, uh, in a restaurant, and we looked at each other, and um, he was just shocked, shocked that five years later I'd come to him wanting to talk about something. And I, I explained to him and cleared my side of the street up and tears running down my face because I knew I had heard him. Whoops, there's my time. And I will just say that two hours later we left that restaurant, and he hugged me and he said, thank you. 
And I don't know what God's timing is, but I know there's a timing and a rhythm in this program, and I don't get to decide what that is. But what I trust in God and wait on his timing, it makes everything a little bit easier. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. And Alice W., are you back on the line? Hi there. Yes, please. Can you hear me? All right. Yes, I can, can hear you, hear you now. Please share with us. Uh-huh. Great. Thank you. Um, Alice W., uh, compulsive, very grateful Compulsive Overita, a lovely meeting. Thank you for your service. Uh, <clears throat> this is a great paragraph. There may be some wrongs we can never fully write. We don't worry about them if we can honestly say to ourselves that we would write them if we could. Um, I had a, I just had something today that happened amazing just before the meeting um, that I, um, sorry, my dog's now distracting me. Last time it was my husband. Um, I basically um, was somewhere in a town and there was a resentment, a really big resentment that I had against this girl. And um, it was so strong. I used the amount of fake arguments I would have with her in my head where I'd always win, you know, the all the angry arguments. And um, I've had presents that I've got for her child that have like been just building up in, in, in one room, you know, of hers. And it was around a, a mutual friend who died and it was a really bad resentment. It's a really bad thing. I didn't actually do any harm per se to her, but certainly my thoughts um, definitely created an energy that wasn't helpful to her. Anyway, it was, I can't tell you how big the resentment was. And I just want to share just on this. It's just weird that this paragraph is here. Um, you know, when it says that we, without being servile or scraping, I was just with, with my, with my sister-in-law, um, we're having our eyebrows done. And there was, and this girl came in, sat down on the chair and, um, and I didn't recognize, it took me two minutes to kind of go, <laughs> it's her. and all I felt was love. I felt neutral, um, we talked and there was, I think that the wind eyes, the windows to the soul. And I saw her eyes, she saw my eyes and there was a real knowing. And it felt like there was the knowing that something had put us there. It crossed each other's paths. And she actually said, it'd be really nice to go for a coffee sometime. Now that's a miracle. She's on my list. You know, when you pray for someone for three weeks, I've been praying for her for a long time. And my high power put her in my life today. And there was a sort of doffing of a cap, if it, as it were, you know, that, you know, let's let the past go. And um, there was a kind of an eye contact and a nice, like a feeling of love. And it was really cathartic and it was amazing. It was definitely a God job. And I didn't cower because I used to be so scared of her. So I'd cower my head and, you know, the false pride, I'm a piece of rubbish, you know, uh, or I'm, I'm better, you know, that, that sort of thing. I didn't, I didn't cower. I didn't apologize. I had my head up high had sort of this like weird smudge on my eyebrows. I didn't feel embarrassed. <laughs> you know, it was it was just an amazing experience. So um, it just shows that this, there are so many miracles. I can never imagine that. I would never have done that before. I would have shuffled out or, you know, there would have been an argument or something like that. So, so this, this is a total miracle um, for me uh, today. So um, it's just wonderful to be here and uh, thanks for listening to me um, and, um, and thank you all for, for, for being here. And I, I thought, oh, I'm going to tell everyone on the meeting about this, you know, when I left North Allison. So thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Alice W. And Laurel B., you're up, followed by Jim F. Laura B. Recover Compulsive Overeater from Chicago. Thank you for your service. 
And um, I can identify with the statement, there must be some wrong I can never fully write. Um, I had to uh, write a letter of amends to my sister-in-law because she had passed away, and I did uh, read it at um, graveside. But more importantly, I did a living amends um, with her in that um, I keep in touch with her son, um, who is my nephew, and I try to be a good influence in his life. Um, I take an interest in what he's doing, and I keep in contact with him regularly. And I feel that in some small way, um, I'm making making um, something up to her. So um, that's, that's just another way of making amends to her. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Laurel B. And Jim S., you're up. Jim, press star one. We can't hear you. Jim S. in Toledo. Good morning. There you go. Uh-huh. can hear you now. Um, reading this page where it says, as God's people, we stand on our feet. We don't crawl before anyone. I was in the middle of a binge yesterday, and I had decided to make something to continue the binge, and I couldn't do it. I don't want to separate myself from my loving God. I want to stay in touch with him. And um, I never expected it to happen like that. I kept thinking that I was supposed to come up with some, oh, um, out of my own will, um, deciding to do something just out of the goodness of my heart. I don't have the goodness of my heart. I just have a God that loves me, cares for me, and wants me to recover. So um, I'm back on the beam again. Um, I've been um, with Little Readers Anonymous for maybe at the most three years. And I was having a terrible time trying to um, decide what to do, what to eat, what not to eat, all that kind of stuff. And um, I just want to stay in his grace every day. I want to take one moment at a time, and I want to live according to his guidance and not my own. So um, I'm glad that there is a program and we have a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. And in our group conscience, for me, that means don't binge. Don't do it. So I breathe a sigh of relief, and I want to stay in his good grace. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jim F. And we are on page 83 in the chapter Into Action. We have read and we're commenting on the third paragraph that begins, there may be some wrongs, and ends, we don't crawl before anyone. And who else would like to share this morning? Jody B. Jody. Anita L. Anita. Wanda R. Wanda. Michelle G. 
Michelle. Anyone else? Morrissey. Maura. Mary T. Mary T. Okay, this is what I have. Jody B, Anita L, Wanda R, Michelle G, Mara Z, and Mary T. So Jody B, you're up, followed by Anita L. Hi, my name is Jody B from Minnesota. I'm a recovering um, overeater. Um, this paragraph is really, really poignant for me because about years ago I had a an affair with a married man who was in the program. And his wife was in another program as well. And um, as hard as that was to recover from and and, um, make an amends, it was my sponsor who helped me really work through the steps so I could make a proper amends. But these words are just resonant today because that idea of doing it while standing on my feet and not crawling that was the hardest part of the whole amends to not to not crawl because of the shame I felt for, for such a hideous, you know, thing I did to two people I cared about. And um, she really helped me recognize the difference between letting my mask shame my humility or letting letting my shame mask my humility and help me work through all the hard stuff to find a very humbling approach. And now 20 years later, I am just heard at a meeting the other day that shame stands for should have already mastered everything. And that's, that's why she, I didn't know that then, but that's why she really helped me let go of the shame and find honest, true humility. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Jody B. And Anita L., you're up, followed by Wanda R. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Lisa, for your service. This is Anita L. outside of Philadelphia. Um, I wanted to share because uh, just about five days ago, I had a really close conversation with my new daughter-in-law and I was sharing something with her about a man who was in my life, my daughter's ex-boyfriend. And um, she said, I don't understand why you would need to apologize to him. And so I shared my part with her. Here's somebody who's my new daughter-in-law. You know, I want to look good in her eyes, yet I felt that, I guess really that I could be honest and let her know I'm not perfect. And I did something, even though he was wrong in many ways. However, there was something that I did that caused him confusion, and that was the part that I wanted to write to apologize for, that I caused confusion in in his understanding of whatever. And, um, And before I went 
to make the amend. Of course, I read it to my sponsor at the time, and she advised me not to make the amend because I couldn't find him, and I found out something that was not safe at all. And to keep me and my family safe, it was in my best interest not to go to him directly. However, I felt that I really made that amend by sharing it with someone who's now family. And I could let her see in my eyes what I had done in the past and that I was willing to write it so that I could be one with my higher power and get closer to my higher power. So I felt that that was kind of a way of making the amend. And the point also that I wanted to make that was just made prior to me is going to a sponsor first without just doing it on my own because that's spiritual action. And one time I wanted to make an amend to someone and my sponsor said no. I can hear in your voice, you have not forgiven her. And if you would try and make this amend, it would come out sideways. So wait until you can forgive her. And that really humbled me. So there's something else I wanted to share too, but I'm probably close to my time and I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anita L. And Wanda R., you're up, followed by Michelle G. Good morning, everyone. I hope everyone has a great day. And I'm just humbled by the honesty, and I appreciate you guys so much. And um, I just want to say that I live with a grazer, and um, it's it's, uh, good food, but it's, um, you know, grazing. So I'm just... uh, um, I'm aware that, you know, there's such a thing as transferring addictions. And, um, you know, um, I think, you know, addictions are kind of like to get yourself to feel good, you know, to, to get a little pleasure. And then with that comes kind of like a sense of peace or contentment. You know, uh, maybe guilt follows too sometimes, but um, this grazer has no guilt, you know. I just, um, what I want to do is help this grazer to transfer addictions to something that is something good, uh, that is productive, that is... um, enjoyable, that is um, easy, um, because food's so easy, you know. Uh, So I am just, uh, you know, um, going to encourage this person, if it's possible, to um, think about um, another way to get to feel good and to get a sense of pleasure, and um, with that, you know, a sense of peace, uh, because I know I think that's what I was searching for was peace, you know, and satisfaction. So um, 
you know, I, I know that transfer addictions they is sort of like accidental, but uh you know, I think purposely if to try to do it would be um you know, uh maybe possible. I don't know. Thank you. What do I know? Thank you. Thank you, Wanda R. And Michelle G., you're up, followed by Mara Z. Good morning. This is Michelle G. from Minnesota, uh, recovered by the grace of God today. And I just felt called to share on this because um, years ago in another fellowship when I was doing um, the steps by the big book, uh, I was resentful at my grandmother, and um, when my sponsor suggested I make an amend to her, I really was thinking, why? You know, I didn't do anything to her, and um, she had passed away at the time, and and this sponsor helped me see that you know, I had, my behavior had done, you know, we lost you, Michelle, star one, well, not sure what happened, Marzi, are you available, and we can circle back around to Michelle? Yes, I am. Good morning. Thanks, Mara. <clears throat> Thank you for your service. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mara Z, gracefully recovered by God's grace and mercy this morning. Um, starting my timer. Oh, I dear. I forgot my timer. This is Michelle. I got um, kicked off. We'll come right, right back oh, to Oh, please go ahead. Oh, no, go uh, ahead. Okay, Michelle, you finish. Okay, thanks. Yeah, so um, I was shown that my actions as a um, teenage alcoholic had caused a lot of concern in in my grandmother, and um, then that caused her behavior that made me resentful. So um, I wrote her a letter, and this and I went to her gravesite, and it was the most beautiful experience. I sat there. It was a gorgeous day, and I read her my amends letter. And I want to tell you that that little intuitive voice came to me and said, you know, I, I asked her at the end of the letter, what can I do um, to make up for this? And that little intuitive voice said to me, take care of my children, which, of course, was my mother and my aunt. And it surprised me that that thought came to me at the time. Um, today, of course, I know because I've, I've fine-tuned that intuitive voice through two-way prayer. So I know that voice very well. And I just wanted to share with great joy that today, you know, 20 some, almost 30 years later, my life work is to care for my mother who has dementia, give her showers. I'm 
driving my my mother and my two aunts around because they can't drive. My one aunt is dying, and I am setting up a schedule to care for her because she has um, because she's dying in her home, and I just wanted to share it because it's such a beautiful story. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Michelle G. Sorry for the interruption there. And Mara Z, you're up, followed by Mary T. This is Mara Z. May I share? Yes, go ahead, Mara. Thank you, Mara Z. Recovered um, by God's grace and mercy this morning. And... um, there may be some wrongs we can never fully write. I had um, treated my sister horribly. And um, it was something that was on my amends list for years. And um, she had passed. So I wasn't able to make the amends in person. But for many years, I was told, write a letter. Write a letter. And I never wrote the letter. I just didn't think that was going to be sufficient enough. You know, I've been doing a good a good share of self-flagellation and, and self-beating up and all of the other stuff. But that wasn't still, you know, a good enough amends. I needed to really be heard. I needed to really be, you know, project my shame and my remorse and all that other stuff. And finally I was told, because I finally came clean about all those things, My sponsor told me, no, 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 no. That is not the purpose of step nine. That's not the purpose of step nine. We want to clear off our side of the street. We're not beating ourselves up. And we are not, as this this paragraph tells us, tactful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scraping. I needed to have that pointed out to me again. So I did write the letter finally, and I did turn it over to my sponsor. And it was a highly emotional event. And it was, when I was done with it, I was filled with a lightness or a light. Um, I felt I had spoken to my sister. I felt I had delivered the amends to her. Um... And that amends came off of my nine-step amends list because it was now done. And I could walk a free woman. That was huge for me. So if there is an amends you think you can't write, there may just very well be a way you can and relieve you of that burden because that's what it is. It was a burden to me. Um, and I was so grateful and still grateful that I was able to to share that amends and then to move forward. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Mara Z. And Mary T., you're up. Hi, Mary T., recovering compulsive overeater in Oklahoma City. Uh, thank you for your service and to everybody who shared um, this meeting is literally been saving my life um this that sentence you know we don't crawl before anybody um 
Monday evening, I got some really horrible news about, or I found some horrible things out about my 13-year-old, and I, I just I couldn't even process it. But I had eaten dinner, and right after I found that out, I got really hungry. And I was like, oh, I see you. I see you rearing your ugly head. And I just went to bed and I just thought, okay, I can't, I can't look at anymore. I can't, you know, discover anymore. I'll deal with it tomorrow. And so yesterday, um, it literally, um, the thoughts in my head, the, the mental twist and the just um, irritable, restless discontent about the situation. And I literally just... What I've learned in this program, I came in in February of 2022, thank God. What I've learned in this program, I, I just immediately, I just, I gave it to God. I did steps one, two, and three. And um, and I really, I mean, I worked my program like I do every day, but I, um, I probably made a couple more calls than usual. And, and then I made sure to call people and ask them, how can I be helpful to you? And um, by doing that, I shut this disease up of, oh, look, he, he's doing exactly what you did, how you've been his whole life is why he's done this. And, you know, and then other people outside people accusing me, oh, this is your fault. And I was able to shut that up and not crawl before them, not crawl before this disease and work my program, this program that is saving my life one day at a time. And it was so amazing. It just not crawling before this disease, not crawling before the crazy thoughts in my head and not crawling before the other people who, you know, are like me, spiritually sick. And it's, you know, I've just learned, you know, bless them, change me. And um, I have kept my recovery today. And I am so thankful, so thankful to God, to this program and to all of you. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Mary T. And we probably have, we have time for at least two more shares, maybe three. Who else would like to share? Royce Ann B. Somebody B. Royce. Royce Ann. Anybody else? Amy G. Amy G. Royce Ann B, you're up, followed by Amy G. Um, Hello, this is Raquel from Israel. I'll put you on the end, Raquel, um, if we have time. Otherwise, um, hang on to the second meeting. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Bye. Um, Sorry, Royce Ann, go ahead. I'll be fast so she can share, too. Um, I'm Royce Ann B from New Orleans. I'm recovering. and I'm going through the steps again, and um, I've been around for about three years. Um, and I was going to make an amend, it's probably my biggest amend, um, to my dad. Um, and um, I was talking with my sponsor about it, and um, I have made the amend before. And when we were going to talk, discussing it, she said, you know, um, you don't really sound like you're over this. And I said, well, I have to try, you know, and she said, yeah, but just to say it and then to do the same things and have the same arguments and the same, um, to be judgmental of him in that way, I haven't fully accepted the way he is, um, and the way he shows up in my life. So I didn't make the amend. Um, and now I'm learning through this process to kind of show him love, give him love, respect him, care for him, 
do his wound care, look out for his needs because he's elderly and, and widowed, and and perhaps learn what it is I need to do through prayer and, and working with others. Um, maybe it'll come to me about how I need to show up for him so that I can get over this. But I, but it kind of stopped me in my tracks when, when my sponsor said, you don't, you don't, you're not changed. I mean, you're going to like do the same thing Monday and have to apologize again. So what good does that do to keep saying the words? So I, I just thought I would share that. Um, thanks. And I pass. Thank you, Royce Ann B. And Amy G, you're up. Great. Thanks. Hi, everyone. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Maryland. Thank you, everyone, for such a wonderful meeting. Um, I think it's so interesting, the words stand and crawl. I feel like I was crawling, crawling out from under a rock of this disease. And when I came to these amends, through the process of making these amends, I started to have a relationship with God that I never dreamed possible. God giving me courage to go and make these amends. Never, never doubt that these amends don't take courage. And I began to stand on my feet as I realized that together, God and I, I could, have, I could be human. I could allow myself to be human. I could admit my mistakes. I didn't need to hide underneath the rock. I didn't need to crawl. I could stand on my feet because I could be human now. You know, we're only as sick as our secrets, as we say so often in these rooms. And the reality of those secrets that keep us uh, from not being able to have that relationship with God. And now I'm able, through the process of making those amends, be able to stand on my feet and have a relationship because God did for me clearly in those amends process what I could not do for myself. I mean, that's what we're heading for now is the promises. Yeah. <laughs> Next paragraph. So, um, But I'm so grateful that today I stand with God and you all, and I allow myself to be human. And I join the human race, no better, no worse. Not a bad person, just a sick person always trying to be well. And I'm so grateful for this program that I have the chance and the opportunity to do that. And the amends brought me that relationship and continue to do so through the rest of the steps afterwards. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. And Raquel, I don't know if you want one minute, but that's all we got. I want that one minute to just thank you all and to say how wonderful, wonderful it is that I have a family like you because I'm in this uh, facility. I call it sometimes parental orphanage, but it's okay. There are lots of good things, but to really be able to deal with life and with this big change without program and without you guys having my back, I don't know, you know, I'm able to, to approach God and ask for what I need and be quietly, sit quietly until I, I feel that maybe, you know, this is who he wants me to be right now. Thank you for being there, and I pass. Thank you, Raquel, and thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today Wednesday, May 24th, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, is 20,290. That's 20290. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Vanessa G., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. 
Yes, this is Vanessa G, and I'm recovered in New Mexico. Thank you for letting me be of service today. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We, rec- we realize that we know only a little. God will disclose, will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Get freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.